I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. G'day everyone. Welcome back to Ausbiz Live from our Brangaroo Studios. Great to have you company for the call over the next hour. We run our eye over 10 stocks suggested by you. I had a stock of the day. I'll put it to put them to our expert panel for their analysis. We do it all in one hour. Let's meet the panel. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. Michael, good to see you. Thank How's you. your week been? Pretty good so far. Good, yeah. excellent. Uh, Sean Hickman, research leader at Market Matters, joins us as well. Sean, good to see you as well. Nice to be here. Uh, how are you seeing the market at the moment? Um, <clears throat> I think we've got the bad news out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I think anyone that thought the Fed were, were going to just um, say anything but keep on that hawkish front <laughs> was a bit misconceived. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. Even if they don't hike again in the next three to six months, they were going to say we might do. Yeah. You know, they're not going to let the rabbit out of the bag. They've already Just like average banks doing, is exactly. it? Exactly. It's all about the psychology of consumers. Yeah. So the market obviously was a bit more optimistic than that. I don't understand why, but they yeah. were. I think we're going to calm down now. The next 48 hours will be very interesting. It will show us how well positioned they were or how mm. badly positioned they were. Right. I think stocks look quite good here. Mm. Michael, what do you reckon? Oh, I agree. I, I don't understand why, you know, we should have realised a long time ago that what what the uh, governors say and do is, is a different matter. So we always knew he was going to yeah. um, be hawkish on rates, even though um, that might not end up being the case. So um, as we've seen with other FOMC meetings, you get this initial reaction by the market on the first day only for it to potentially reverse. So I'm not worried at all that you this sort of overnight sell-off. Um, you know, our market's down at at the old support levels, um, I'd, I'd be looking for things to be buying over the next few days. I think oh, that. So you see it as a good buying opportunity at the moment. Yeah, I do. I, I don't really see anything wrong with with what's happening. Rates are on hold. Yeah. Um, inflation's heading lower. The, we saw the CPI numbers out of the UK much better than expected. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, over, over you know, in terms of the, the Federal Reserve uh, members, they're seeing growth in the economy, which is great. Um, doesn't look like we're falling into a recession, even though everybody right. is saying, well, we're going to get one. Um, I'll just ignore what everybody's saying. I mean, the data's showing GDP growth, rates are pretty much on hold, inflation's on the way down, um, and the market will start to, to okay. head higher later this All year. Right. Okay, could be a good buying opportunity. Hey, let's take a look at the uh, five stocks that you've asked us to cover in this half hour. Uh, Genesis Minerals Flight Centre, uh, ALS, News Corp and Evolution Mining. Stock of the day, but we take a look at Transurban in the news this morning. ACCC is opposing Transurban's Eastlink acquisition proposal. Uh, the competition watchdog says the proposed acquisition of a majority interest in Horizon Roads would uh, substantially lessen competition for future toll road concessions in Victoria. Horizon Roads is the only other private toll road operator in Australia. ACCC says Transurban, if acquired at the company, would then operate every single private sector controlled toll road in Australia. Uh, Transurban first signalled a potential opportunity uh, to acquire the stake in February when it noted some investors were reportedly considering a sale of their respective interests. Um, Michael, what do you mm. reckon of the ACCC's decision and the impact on Transurban? Oh, look, I mean, it's it's a slight negative, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, to be honest, I wouldn't be investing in uh, a stock like Transurban. Anyway. Right. Um, yeah, so, you know, people look to Transurban as a, as a dividend payer. Um, it only pays, it's like 4 or 4.1% 4. Yeah. Um, is, is the yield. Everyone says toll roads, great, great income producers mm. and a great hedge against inflation. So this is the ideal time to invest. You're saying that's well, a myth? Yeah, because at, at the end of the day, you, you're getting a dividend 
which is pretty much equal to what you can get in the bank. So you're carrying you're carrying company risk um, unnecessarily. So what you find is, um, I mean, in my from my perspective, I want a stock that can also get a bit of share price appreciation as well. Yeah. Um, now you get that with Transurban when interest rates are on the way down because suddenly 4% yield is much better than 1% in the bank. But when they're equal, yeah. you're just carrying the company risk. So I think in this part of the cycle, it's the wrong time to be going out and, and buying a, a stock like that um, because you're not going to get the capital appreciation. Um, yeah. So so what's the point? Um, look, in the shorter term, I think that you know this, this business, it's trading at the bottom of its recent trading range. I could see a couple of indicators on the chart that suggest after today or the next couple of days, it'll, it'll bounce back up a bit. So um, I'd say if you're holding it, it's a hold here, but you'd be able to get back out at at better levels and I'd be looking right. to redeploy those funds into something a bit more cyclical. Okay, so buy, sell on the bounce back up. Yeah, sell on the bounce. Okay, Sean, what do you reckon? I still can't understand the accounting of these things. I'm, I'm, the old auditor in me can't quite fathom how you can pay dividends and make profits out of tax, out of um, revaluations and debt. Sometimes you got to keep things simple, stupid. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you if you go much beyond that, it can get a bit too hard, as you obviously at times find. Yeah. Um, I think there's a couple of extra parts with Transurban that Michael didn't mention, and I agree with everything he said. I might not for the next hour, but I do on that front. Yeah. But I think we are very close to peak inflation peak interest rates, um, which again, Michael touched on before. If that's the case, if bond yields track lower next year, Transurban will improve. Um, so I think as it is near that support area, for people that want that safety yield play, and it is a pretty average yield, but then again, you know, there's a lot of the higher yield plays, say for example, in the resources space, come with some more inherent risk. Right. But there's another wild card here, which I don't think is getting enough airtime at the moment, is the, is the population of Australia is set to go berserk. Yeah. Um, you know, people are saying now, forecasts are saying we're going to be 40% higher in 2050. That's a huge yeah. amount. But just so, 500,000 this year, new migrants, yeah, isn't it? An, an average 300,000 a year yeah. right into 2050. Yeah. Um, so it brings with it huge amounts of you know, problems, as we know, when it comes to housing, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. When it comes to plugging the hole in the obviously in the, the skilled labour area, but where they're going to live. We can't, we can't have all these big tents. Um, but they're going to travel on the roads and Transurban will slowly but surely get more revenue that way. Yeah. So it's a very slow play. It's not a big play and it's not one that I'm going to be jumping on because there are better ways to play that population growth. But yeah. I think it's part of the dynamic that one should take into account. If you like a very quiet, I don't want to say boring, but it's on that word, boring sort of yeah. investment, yeah, I yeah. think, with interest rates near pink peak, um, with the population growth about to come. Transurban's a neutral to a slight buy for us. Slight buy? These, yeah, okay. around here. All right, a slight buy and uh, a patient buy. Yes. Put it that way. Okay. Yeah. All buy, right. buy into dips, maybe. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, take a look at the uh, the first stock, uh, Lachlan Shaw wants a view on Genesis, the uh, Australian gold exploration mine development company in WA. Had a volatile week on the share prices. You know, I was originally thought they might be taking out Red 5 and then Silver Lake who got involved, but anyhow. Well, you've got a stock that's just recently come into the ASX 200. Yep. And that will have brought some buying into it. Um, not all funds have to buy straight away, but you have a situation where stocks go up the curve, funds have to own them. Yep. So that would have produced some of the buying that's brought into it. I have to say that we, are, we like the gold space. We're bullish on gold. Um, it's not the stock we would pick. You know, you've only got to stand back and look at the chart. It's pretty 50-50 around here. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to really expand on that. Technically, it's neutral. We like gold. It's in the right space. So I would be neutral to slightly bullish because of where it is. Um, but it's not the gold stock we'd be jumping on. The, okay. one we, the one we own, we're talking about later. All right. Okay. So Genesis, not for you. What about you, Michael? Um, this, Yeah, look, this is a, a new one for me. I think... Um, you know they've they've appeared a bit more recently in the news. Obviously, they they acquired the Gualia mine off St Barbara recently. Um, WA, so it looks like they're producing now, which which is good in this environment. You know the market's still looking at, um, you know, still favouring producers as opposed to those drilling holes in the middle of nowhere. Um, I'm still look. I'm positive gold as well. So, um, and I think this for you know. Gold, in terms of the gold price generally, to me, looks like it's shaping up for a move higher. 
Um, I think that will get helped by uh, the US dollar coming back a bit, which I think will happen, um, and even the bond yields coming back a bit. And I know they've spiked overnight, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's a bit of a fake out to the upside. A uh, bit of technical terms there, but, but I, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see bond yields start coming back again pretty soon, and that would help, I think, some of these, these gold stocks. So, yeah, look, we like gold as well, generally. This isn't one I've been following, but yeah, given it's a producer, it's got a bit of a trend to it on, on the chart. I'd be happy to hold if I was in it, right. um, but there's, there's other ones prefer? as well. Um, yeah, there's one that we're talking about later that I right. prefer as well, so okay. we'll keep the, okay. the viewers keep the in suspense until that. then. Keep you on edge. <laughs> that is a tease, everyone. <laughs> All right, well, let's head towards uh, what that tease may end up being. But our second stock isn't in gold or resources. It's in travel. Uh, Oliver wants a view, Michael, on Flight Centre, the, uh, the big travel agency. Uh, basically mm. founder-led, is it, by, uh, yeah. by Screw Turner? Yeah, I mean, just would we think about how you know horrible things were a few years ago. Um, yep. for, for him and the rest of the sector. Um, it's definitely, you know, travel's definitely been one of those surprise stories during the year. Just everyone just continually seems to be wanting to travel and spending their money on travel. Yep. Um, so a lot of surprises in the first half of the year. Yeah, their recent results continued to surprise a little bit. So I think in terms of what the analysts were expecting, um, the results a few weeks ago were a little bit better than expected, but what I found interesting was the fact that the shares were sold down on that. So mm. that, to me, that's saying all of that upside was already factored in, and maybe with you know this is as good as it gets for yeah. for, for travel companies, and that tends to make sense when you know we look at consumer expenditure. It looks like everyone's yeah you know, most people have used up all that excess savings and stimulus that that they've received over the past, um, you know, during COVID. So, you know, potentially next year will be a slower year for travel. So, yeah, look, I higher think Australian is, dollar, uh, Lower Australian dollars make it yeah, more that, expensive that, yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, interesting, uh, Mikey, can we bring that five-year chart back up? Because while it seems to be bouncing along the bottom a bit uh, mm. from pre-COVID levels, you sort of got to remember it it doubled its stock on issue, didn't it? So, yeah. so at around 20 bucks, it's about the same cap market cap as before the pandemic. Yeah, I think so. I, I can't remember the exact numbers, but so I remember with Webjet, yeah, with Webjet, definitely they, it, it's, yeah, it, yeah, it's pretty much, so they, they doubled the amount of shares on issue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a yeah, very good point. So that, that chart doesn't tell the whole story. No. So, yeah, look, I, I, to me, I think it's as good as it's got for Flight Centre. I'd be happy to sell it here and move into something else that's on the way back up. Um, still in travel or do you reckon travel? No, not in travel. So I think too big a run. Yeah, All I, I, I still home. like my, my favourite sector still the commodity sector. Right, and I okay. think there's big opportunity there. Okay. Sean? Well, my favourite is the commodity sector. And we are going to couple, a couple of stocks in that sector. Not yeah. enough for today, but that's OK. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree with Flight Centre. I think the best post-COVID is behind it. Yeah. Um, so if I was to put a number on it, it would be neutral. Um, and I made a few notes about it. Um, and then yesterday evening, I went to the local shopping mall. And I walked past Flight Centre, and there's four tables in there with salespeople. All four had people sitting at them, and there was a queue of three more people. Wow. So it's still busy. Yep. These yeah, guys yeah. are still busy, and obviously we all know the, the on online platforms are still humming away. So the numbers aren't falling away like that we all thought they would at the end of this, this year. Um, and I think they could be, it could hold in there. I prefer um, corporate travel in the space. Right. Um, I wouldn't be chasing into, into, into the sector at the moment. But I, th I don't think it's going to be quite as bad as a lot of people feel. But it is quite cheap compared to historical levels. Mm. So I have it as a neutral, but right. um, it doesn't excite me. But I was very, very surprised to see how busy it still is. People are yeah. still spending money. And the cost of your holiday has gone up by 30% this year on the mm. currency fence as well. Well, and but also just your airline tickets are now outrageously oh. expensive still. And everyone's talking about why, because the government's sort of cutting back competition coming into Australia. But that would have been good for uh, groups like Flight Centre because that their commission is a percentage of the ticket, isn't it? So exactly. If no. ticket prices are high, their commission is, if ticket prices come down, 
then their commission comes down. It's gone berserk, David. I took the family to Japan last Christmas skiing. Yeah. Took my son to see snow for the first time. We bought the ticket the year before when Japan was closed, and they cost seven and a half thousand dollars for us all to fly Japan yeah. and back. Um, there, we know the person that works at Flight Center. She called me back and said those tickets are worth over twenty thousand dollars today. And I was like, can I sell them? She said, unfortunately not. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise, I was on the offer. Is there a secondary market for them? You know, it beats any share listed on the market, isn't it? Absolutely. I thought Gold Coast looks good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Isn't that funny? All right. Okay, our next doc, um, Sean Casey, wants a view on ALS. I can't help but think ALS is just... Uh, a company of of uh, white-coated scientists <laughs> over their uh, their microscopes. Uh, it's the world's largest laboratory testing inspection certification verification business. Basically, the all of these um, stats that resource companies put out on on what their exploration has come up with goes to these guys for ver- verification. Does that? Okay, so uh, uh, simply put, simply put, uh, you better get a chart up because it wasn't on my list of stocks. I'm right. Not sure, if Michael had it on his list. Okay. Was it on Otherwise, your list? they're trying to make me look silly in front of Michael. Yeah, look, it's. Um, I was having a bit of a look at it. Our analyst um, uh, researched it a few weeks or so ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, his point of view was, you know, if you start talking about um, sort of valuations and, and growth metrics, he, he seems to. It looks like it trades on a fairly high PE. I don't have it in front of me, but. Um, you know, the PE for the sorts of growth we're seeing, it's not very compelling at, at current levels. Um, you know, during the recent results, I think, you know, there were a number of different areas that they, um, um, you know, are involved in. Um, you know, I think it was the life sciences division was, oh, yeah. was quite yeah. a bit bit weaker. So, look, not really firing on all cylinders for something that's got a rich PE. And as you could see on that chart, it's been pretty range bound for a couple of years now and it's right in the middle of that range so it's not as though it's cheap at the bottom of the range we're looking forward to a bit of a pickup here yeah. so I think yeah this, they're in the right sector I, I, I'm, I'd expect more spending on 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 those laboratory services yeah. especially in the mining not sector. just the resources is it? it's as you say life sciences food and beverage they yeah. test a whole bunch of stuff yeah exactly but um, yeah, just not just not compelling enough at the moment. Maybe yeah. if the market sold off heavily, which I don't think it will, and it was back to the bottom of that that range and was a bit yeah. cheaper, maybe there's an opportunity. Sure. I think the chart says sure. a few things that we're seeing at the moment. The market has gone sideways for two years. Yeah. As has LS. You know, there are plenty of sectors that are moving and stocks that are moving very very well. Don't get too fixated on the market. Look at the stocks. Look at the sectors. And there's a lot a lot going on. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Our. Uh, Next stock, uh, which is Wendy wants a view short on News Corp, the uh, the big media group, not only the newspapers, but uh, a global uh, media business in uh, digital um, um, subscription services, streaming. It's got a finger in every pie. Um, and also uh, the biggest investor in REA. Absolutely. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. I remember when I was back on the trading floor, showing my age, I'm afraid, News Corp was one of the biggest stocks in Australia. Right. And a few years after that, it actually was the mar- the stock that dictated right. where the market went, a bit like Commonwealth Bank and BHP have done in the past. It's not the case now. Okay. Um, sure, we might hold you there and go to Michael because your microphone is just cut out. We'll double check that. Hmm. Michael, do you want to yeah. uh, pick up on News Corp? We'll come back to Sean. Yeah, look, with, with News Corp, um, yeah, not, not, I guess, um, followed as closely as it used to be, which, which Sean was saying. Hopefully, he can finish that story soon. But um, you know, their ad revenue has been growing pretty well. So, in recent set of results, mm-hmm. it looks like, um, especially with with Dow Jones, advertising revenue is still growing quite nicely. And um, yeah, and the other point you've already mentioned, David, is the investment in REA. So they're they're uh, I think they hold about 60, 61 percent of REA. So. REA share price has gone up all year because of um, you know house prices started to rebound and, and volumes are picking up and uh, and basically our um, sorry News Corp share prices has, has followed suit so yeah look, I, I did see some analysis recently um, which was a pretty good point that you know News Corp trades on a cheaper valuation than REA so mm. you could buy News Corp and get get yourself some REA 
without having to, to pay the full valuation right. for it. So, you know, that was quite novel. Uh, look, I, I think it's worth holding here. I, you know, as growth improves, I think ad revenue should continue to improve. I think, you know, we, we should expect to see more volumes of, of houses come on onto the market over the next year, which is great. Um, I wouldn't have it as a buy only because when I look at the chart, it's it's hitting an old high and just coming back in the short term. So yeah. you might be able to pick it up a little bit cheaper, but generally the longer term trend yeah. is there. Sean, I'm back. Yep, you're yeah. back. Okay, I'm not sure what you heard last yeah. time, so I'll, <laughs> I'll start afresh. So I think the next 10% is probably up. I think it looks quite good. It is a beneficiary, of course, of rising population as well, but that's a pretty slow trade. Yep. Um, I think also there's, there's a little bit going on as well. They are in early discussions with an AI company about trying to monetize its traffic. And we all know when people get that AI in the conversation, like it used to be the dot com a few years ago, you can, yep. you might get that 10 or 20% pop on nothing, but they love yep. to hear the word AI. Yep. So I think it looks quite good. I definitely have it as a hold. Um, and I think it is a better entry into REA than REA. You know, I think it works quite well. Right. Okay. Because at one stage, listen, it's investment in REA basically worth as much as the rest of the business put together. Exactly. Uh, so yeah, that's been great for them. Um, but that chart is very different to Nine Entertainment and certainly to um, Seven West. So it's doing the best of all the big media groups. Well, whoever pulled the pin on buying REA stock position look, looks pretty good. I hope they got a good bonus. Right. So that, that's been the, the difference between the two, uh, between the three of them. All right, uh, Arthur wants a view. Now, Sean, uh, you've been teasing this for uh, all the half hour. Evolution Mining, is this the gold stock you prefer? We are long Evolution Mining, which I think oh, is everything. Okay. We're long oh. Evolution Mining. Um, we were long Newcrest and Evolution. Obviously, Newcrest got taken out, or was just yep. about finished being taken out, and we put some of those monies into Northern Star. But Evolution is our favourite mining stock, uh, gold miner. It's also got a cheeky 25% of its revenue comes from copper, ah. which, which we're really, really keen on. We think right. copper is a really good proxy to uh, get, it, uh, you know, get it into the EV, EV resolution. Oh, revolution, I'm sorry. And with now Oz Minerals is gone, there's no straightforward good value proxy into copper mm. in the Australian market. Yeah. I think Samfar is a bit overpriced. We own yeah. Samfar, but we're conscious of its valuation. Yeah. So I think Evolution brings two really good um, mm. parts to the table. We long it, we like it, we'd buy more into dips. Okay. Why are you so bullish on the gold price um, at the moment? Because gold has always been seen as a hedge against inflation. Has it really delivered? Uh, Australian gold miners benefiting from the fall in the Aussie dollar, I suppose. So. Okay. Well, actually, the first thing is hedge against inflation is actually a myth when you go back and look at the charts. Yeah. It's perceived to be that, but it's not. Yeah. Um, real estate's a better hedge against inflation. But if you look at the gold price, um, central banks have been buying for the last 10 months, and that's old-fashioned supply and demand. If you've got mm -hmm. a big bunch of central banks buying gold, it's going to go up. Yep. And it has. Um, look at the gold price against the uh, Chinese one. And they've got a lot of people in China with money looking for somewhere to put it. Um, and my, my wife's Chinese background, they only believe in two, the average Chinese person believes in two forms of investment, real estate and gold. Mm. And real estate's not too good at the moment. Not, not in China. I'm just listening to a podcast from The Economist on the way in today. That's diabolical, the property Horrible. market in China at the moment. And, and the issue for, um, for China is that they're all bought off the plan. And so all these property uh, developers are going broke uh, with everyone's money without delivering uh, the apartments. And it gets worse the deeper you bore into it. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. you've got gold there as a very good proxy. So there's, yeah. there, there's demand out there for gold. Because it used to be Indian buying into gold was the biggest in the world, was it? Now yep. it's China. Well, Indians are still buying gold. Yep. They love jewellery in, in yes. India, as we know. Then you've got the fact that I think I believe that interest rates and bond yields are near peak. Yep. And I totally agree with what Michael said. I think the push up in the US two years last night on the comments from the Fed, we're seeing a move that I would fade if I was still a trader yep. rather than an investor. I think that, and if that's the case, it's very, very good for gold. Um, the gold price in Australian dollar terms as well has been extremely strong. Yeah. It's only against the US dollar when it hasn't looked quite as strong. And it's yeah. still not bad. You know, yeah. If you think about where we've been over the last five or 10 years, it's still quite strong. So you put those all in the mi mixing pot. These gold stocks look good in my opinion, um, mm -hmm. and they're going to make good money. So evolution on uh, your preferred Northern Star, your prefer as well? Yes, evolution probably then Northern Star, but about 50-50 because they'll okay. have their price. Okay. Michael? 
Um, I'm just trying to think what I can say without repeating Sean. Uh, I mean, he's covered uh, it really well. Sean Sean made the really good point with copper, with Mm. evolution. Do you like, a bit like mineral resources, uh, with um, its sort of little portfolio of different commodities, would you prefer to invest in a company like that that's got a couple than a pure play? Um, As as long as I think all those commodities are are going up, it almost... It almost doesn't matter. Plus, yeah, it depends on how the, the stock's trading and, and all that sort of thing. But yeah, I'm also holding Sandfire. Um, you know, we used to be in North, uh, Newcrest and got out of that. So it sounds like we've done similar things. So right. um, yeah, the copper bit, it's definitely worthwhile if you think copper's going up, which yeah. which um, I think everyone knows about the supply constraints in, in copper needing uh, likely increased demand over the next few years, and that's true for a lot of commodities. The underinvestment yep. in commodities, and we're going to be the next stock we're going to talk about um, is on that yep. topic as well. So, um, yeah, like evolution, uh, what can I add? Um, chart looks really good. So, right. you know, to me, it does look like. Would yeah, you this buy is it? this is the one that we've yeah we've bought right. this one um, for clients recently. Um, it looks like it wants to give us an upside break, and I think the trigger might be a. A move back south in in those bond yields and right. the US dollar. Okay, all right. Okay, that was worth waiting for the tease, wasn't it, everyone? <laughs> um, let's uh, recap the first five stocks and also the stock of the day. Uh, Transurban, a hold from Michael, uh, a buy from Sean. Genesis, no from uh, Sean, a hold from Michael. Flight Centre, a sell from Michael. Um, hold from Sean. Um, no, neither particularly like the travel sector at the moment, uh, but uh, corporate travel would be the preferred one from Matt, from Sean in that sector. ALS a no from both, uh, News Corp a hold from both, and Evolution a buy from both. Um, here at The Call, we've been uh, following our own uh, fantasy portfolio. It was picked by the Investment Committee. Uh, you can see the most recent committee meeting uh, on the platform now, osbids.com. Uh, at the September meeting, they traded out Paradigm Pharma, put Challenger in, uh, also uh, trimmed Altium and Paladin as well. Let's see how the portfolio is before it's up about 10%. Um, this half hour, we're in fact going to talk about Paladin. Uh, Breville, Charter Hall Retail REIT, Helios and Karoon Energy. All right, Sam wants a, Samuel wants a view uh, on Pallet and Michael, the uh, uranium. Mm. Um, it's not actually producing at the moment, but the uh, the whole yeah. is it? Yeah, look, I, um, I'm quite bullish the energy sector. I mean, I've been right. bullish all year, and and I think everyone's starting to catch on to you know what we've been saying. I mean, I haven't been the only one that you know. There's been underinvestment in. In oil, there's been low stockpiles in in uranium. The you know the oil stockpiles in the U.S. are, are down to 40-year lows. So it's all setting itself up for rally in prices, which is what everyone's now talking about. And um, with uranium, as we could as we've seen recently, there's you know, governments are starting to look towards nuclear power again um, because they're realising that the plans they have to get to their net zero targets just can't be achieved with with what they're they're doing at the moment. So, you know, longer term, yeah, I expect the uranium price to head higher. Um, you know, the stockpiles in uranium are very low. It's all been depleted over the past 10 years since Fukushima. Um, in terms of Paladin, they're restarting that um, that mine, uh, Langer Heinrich, um, yeah. and production should be back on in about March next year. So this is a mine that, um, obviously has all the infrastructure in place because it's produced before. So, yeah, look, I think there's more upside. I mean, we, in our newsletter, we had some uranium stocks several weeks ago and look, they've all gone crazy. I haven't looked at Mm. Paladin specifically um, in the recent past, but I'd add that to the bucket of uranium well, stocks that can do well. As, so, as we we're showing on the chart, then it's had a big spike up. Just yeah, in the so last couple that of was yeah, that was going to sort of lead to my next point. I think, um, yeah, it's gone up vertically, so you don't need to chase it here. But yeah. I don't think the pullbacks will be very deep um, okay. because there is, you know, we're seeing increased, um, yeah, interesting. So you wouldn't so trim here at all. I'd, hold. Oh no, I wouldn't. Oh, look, I mean, if you're a trader, you could sell here at 98, but I'd be looking to buy it back at 91. So, right. 
you know, if you want to play that game, but otherwise. So it's gone up vertically, but if we look at that chart on the screen now, what if we look at the price action from 2021 to about sort of the start of this year, what you've got is what's known as a bull flag. So you've got this sort of decreasing share price, but um, it's not, you know, it hasn't overcome all the buying that we saw in 2020. So that's known as a bull flag. And this recent move up is, is basically a breakout. So it's touching the old high and you're getting some natural short-term selling. But um, I think that you've got substantial upside from here over the next year. Okay, so would you be buying it at these levels? I'd, I'd prefer closer to about 91, 92 cents, okay. but... So hold you know, it? Yeah, if you don't want to finesse it that much, you can just right. pick it up here. Is it your preferred? Because Boss has done well. Yeah, Boss, Boss Energy was, was the other yeah. one that, that I was looking at, Bannerman, Deep Yellow. Yeah. Um, they look like they could have a bit more upside because they're, mm. you know, just they, they're not at that same production profile as, as okay. Paladin, but the safer bet would be would okay. be Paladin. All right, Sean? I'd be buying, right? We're long, we're very, very bullish. I think $1.20 before you even considered trimming it. Wow. Um, your investment committee trimmed some off. Yep. I wish yep. I'd known. I'd have, bought, I'd have bought it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taking profits is not always the right way to go, as we all know, yep. statistically. I think it looks fantastic. The whole uranium space, uranium ETFs have gone up 40% in the last two months. Yep. That's another way to play the, play, the, play the uranium idea, especially that way you can get a bit of US um, producers in the portfolio, yep. depending on what you like to do. Um, the stockpiles have been drawn down. Um, emission zero is a dream, in our opinion, without uranium, uh, without nuclear. We know it's not going to happen in Australia, but we are a small part of the world's emissions. Um, I just think you've got to be on board, so I'm keeping it quite short because obviously Michael said everything, I think. No, no. Apart okay. from my more bullish than Michael, I think I would buy here and I'd be accumulating into every two cents back. Just keep buying it. Okay. All right. So let me give you the negative on it. Uh, and I hope you're right because Australia is like... Uh, Saudi Arabia of uranium, isn't it? It's as uh, Saudi Arabia is to oil, we are to uranium. We've got huge paladins bringing a mine out of mothballs. And um, how many are in mothballs at the moment? You know, the world's biggest uranium mine, Olympic Dam, top of South Australia. Um, if the price goes, they could just flood the market as well. So it's not as if it's, uh, you know, yes, stockpiles are down, but supply can just come on stream so quickly. Well, it's like lithium. You can't just press a button and necessarily... Lithium is easier to bring things online, and that's why the lithium stocks are come out, coming down. You can't just press a button and bring a uranium mine up, back on board. Right. So do I think that the supply will imp improve in a few years' time? Yes. Yeah. But we're talking now, we're talking the next 6, 12, 18 months. No. Right. And you're talking, don't forget, the Chinese are still building uranium processing plants. The rest of the world start to get their usage up. So you know, I think, as you rightly point out, Great. Great for Australia. Yeah, We're not going to use it, but we can export the stuff. Um, but I think it's going to push the price a lot higher before we get that new level of equilibrium, which right. will come. It always comes. Supply yeah. and demand brings things yeah. into line. Yeah. But I think it's got a lot more room on the upside before that equilibrium comes up. Comes okay. about. All right. Good point. All right. Let's uh, take a look at our, uh, our next stock. Sean, you couldn't get further away from... Uh, uranium, if you like, to uh, kitchen and household products. Uh, Vikash wants a view on Breville, the big uh, homewares maker and retailer, of course, Solly Lou uh, and Premier, uh, Breville's biggest shareholder. Yep, I think Breville is it's a solid company. It's a good company, yep. as we all know. We all know what it makes, whether you've got the liquidizer at home, whether you've got your coffee maker. They, they make household appliances, middle, middle price bracket, I don't see them suffering too badly if we do have an economical downturn, but the stock's not cheap. And right. that's one of the problems. So I'm going to have it as a neutral. Um, you know, everyone's looking for the economic downturn, or they have been, but it looks yep. like the recession might not now play out, which should be net positive for Breville. But I repeat, it's not cheap, so we would be calling it a neutral. It's not on our hit list. It's not stock we've considered this year, really. Michael? Um, yeah, sim similar comments. So we've got it. You know, earnings growth of about 13% next year, trading on a P of 29. So, um, yeah, not not cheap anymore. All the good so, stuff. So 29's high for that sector. Yeah, that's that's high. You you yeah. you know, if it was in the lower 20s, you'd be you'd right. be looking at it. But so look, it's already all priced in. Um, you know, they've got you know, decent debt levels. Um, we are starting to see some retailers um, start discounting now. So if they start doing that, that'll affect their earnings a bit. Um, terms of a chart it looked like it 
Yeah, I had a bit of a breakout above sort of $23, which could have been a positive, but then that failed and it, it fell back down. So it does look like the selling is kicking in and I think this right. is a stock that, that will get cheaper back towards 20 Right. And also, uh, during lockdown, that's all we bought, didn't we? Yeah. We bought our bread makers and fryers because everyone was in the kitchen. Yeah. That, that's the only thing you could do. So they last a few years, generally, well, don't that's, they? Yeah, that's the point. I mean, I brought all the... Yep. purchasing forward well i i've got a coffee machine in my office that's um i don't know six seven years old and i just had it serviced this year for the first yep. time yeah so yeah hopefully you buy these things and they just last for a while and as we've seen with um in terms of inflation data in australia you know it's the it's the inflation of see goods inflation is what's really Falling, in other words, people aren't mm. spending on those goods anymore. They've turned over to services. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're probably going through a bit of a softer period now. Everyone's bought all their goods, and yeah. and that that might be it for, yeah. for the time being. Yeah. I, made, I made a note here just to follow on from what Michael said. Technically, the next five to ten percent probably looks down. Right. Okay. Mm. All right. So no need to get into it right now. All right. Uh, our next stock, uh, Michael. Uh, Faisal wants a view on the Charter Hall Retail REIT, uh, Real Estate Investment Trust. Of course, all the REITs are trading at massive discounts to their uh, uh, asset backing at mm. the moment. What do you think of Charter Hall's retail REIT? Um, so obviously with, with the REITs, there's all the different areas. And my favourite one is one that I think is a favourite of everyone at the moment. So maybe it's getting a bit crowded and that's Goodman yep. um, and the industrial side of, of property. Clearly that's done really well. Um, retails, obviously, as we could see from the chart, oh, it's struggling. That. That's so horrible. You've it? got a horrible downtrend. I mean, the one positive is on the way to the studio, despite our market being down, this was this was up. I've noticed a few REITs are actually up today. So maybe they're preempting oh. a, a drop, potential drop from here in yields. But um, yeah, look, I think it's, it's a bit of a tough area. I mean, I have spoken about office REITs <coughs> potentially being a contrarian um, investment because everyone seems really negative and down on on the office space. Um, but retail, yeah, look, I think it's a bit bit too hard basket. So at, at some point it'll become a contrarian trade, but but it does look like that one's still sliding. So you don't but need the, to the earnings season showed that that retailers didn't perform as badly. The good mm. ones didn't perform as badly as everyone right. expected. Um, uh, and to Sean's point earlier, this massive increase in migration and population growth seems to be keeping retailers fairly buoyant. Yeah, it just doesn't seem to be sort of reflected in um, in their earnings. I mean, we know that with these big retail REITs, they could... Um, you know, their rents are linked to inflation, um, but on the other hand, they've got quite a bit of debt, yeah. um, which isn't great while the interest rates stay high. I, I still think they'll head down, of course, um, at some point. But um, yeah, look, there's just too many sort of moving yeah. parts. It's just not compelling enough. And Catmandu reflected all what you say yesterday, mm. wasn't it? Sort yeah. of margins are being squeezed. Yeah. They've got high levels of debt. Market didn't like yeah, and you know they they were affected by you know warmer weather. People aren't buying the puffy jackets and yeah, so yeah. on. So it's very variable. Um, yeah, read the retail space. Yeah, Sean, what do you think of of uh, the Charter Hall retail rate and and retail in general? Okay, there's a few things there. So my top lines: uh, regional focus, smaller malls, too hard basket for us. Right, too hard was the exact phrase that uh, <laughs> Michael said. Yeah. They don't actually have a lot of exposure to interest rates, higher rate bond yields until 2025. Yeah, um, it's just not a place we'd be. We just don't seem. You know, we've got we've got real money in the market, and this is not a place where we need to be. Yeah. Um, I agree a lot of the REITs are trading below what's <clears throat> supposedly their real value, but then you try and sell them, sell some of the assets, and the, the real value can change very quickly, yeah. as we've seen. Yeah. Um, in the property space, um, I think there's, again, going to be a lot of playing out when it comes to the, the increase in population, but that is a slow move. Mervax right. um, and people like that at some point in time should do very well. I mean, we've got a pro real problem, as we know, with rental accommodation. Yep. Um, and Dan Andrews made a few moves on that yesterday to try and address that. Time will tell how well he gets that right. Well, <laughs> the, the, the big issue on rental accommodation is that everyone's blaming the landlord and landlords are, are basically saying, get stuff, it's too hard now, we'll get out of here. Because if you look at rental properties uh, coming on stream, 
that have been privately developed in government, governments should be just encouraging investors to increase the supply because there's uh, a massive shortage. Totally, but the bureaucracy between behind do is just horrendous. I mean, yeah. I'm going through something with my council at the moment. I won't say the name of them, yeah. um, but I'm just trying to get the roof in one part of our house changed from tile mm. to colour bond. Right. Now, the, assert, the, the four neighbours have all got colour bond roof. Yeah. Six weeks later, I haven't got permission to do it. Yeah. And I've got no roof on the house. See, don't, <laughs> when it yeah. rains, I'm getting wet. <laughs> don't blame the landlords for it. No. Sort of governments at all levels have got to take responsibility Bureaucracy. Make, and that's one of the things that Dan Andrews was talking about, was actually yeah. make some sort of cookie cutter, and then it's going to go through, and we're going to override some of this bureaucracy. And you're going yeah. to say, you, you've come inside that cookie cutter, bang, yeah. press, go, build yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And I thought there was some logic in that. And make it national. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If, yeah. It, if it fits, it's not going to be too bad. Press it, go. Yeah. Um, so in terms of property, we actually prefer the storage side of things. We think that NSR, mm. National Storage, has got oh, cheap yeah. recently because it's got pushed down in its relative valuation yep. um, because of the recent uh, new REIT that came on the market, which, which floated at a very cheap price or that came out of Abacus. Um, and um, we have recently taken profit on Goodman or cut Goodman, I should ah. say. Um, and I think that NSR is a better value proposition at least comparison. But Goodman's a great company. Right. It's all about at what price. Yeah. It's a phenomenal yeah. company, a, yeah. a great proxy for the whole space. Right. Um, but Charter. So you took some profits on that. Yeah. Or did you get out altogether? No, we got out of it. We right. got out of it. Yeah. Um, whereas Charter Hall is just not in the, in the scope of what we may buy in the next, I can't no. see us considering it in the next six no. or 12 months. Um, how do you see retailers? Do you think they've been overdone? I think it's it's like a lot of the world. It's polarization mm. of wealth. Yeah. The guys that are doing it well are doing it very well, but if you're not good enough, they're going to really get hurt. Right. That's how I'm seeing. It. And I think we're seeing that. We're seeing some of them are kicking. Nick Scarly doing very very well. Yeah. You know, Harvey Norman not. Yeah. Yeah. You walk into Harvey Norman, a huge amount of it is still furniture like they've got in Nick Scarly, but there's a very very different performance by the share price. Yeah. Yeah. And Lovisa still. Doing pretty well at that consumer end. Oh, I think that they've got a great business model. Yeah. You know, because it's nothing too expensive. Yeah. Um, and, you know, young people want to go in and buy those things. Yeah. Absolutely. And they do. All right. Uh, so, a, uh, a no for, <coughs> excuse me, Charter Hall Retail from both uh, Michael and Sean. Too hard for Sean, prefers the storage rates, which is uh, an interesting tip. Um, let's go to our next stock and let's go pathology. Lee wants a view on Helios Sean, the, uh, the big laboratory diagnostic imaging center uh, right across Australia, second largest pathology provider. Did gangbusters during COVID. Every time we went and had something shoved up our nose, <laughs> I went to Helios or someone else. <laughs> if you pull the charts up, you'll see it's been a pretty ugly journey. Yes. Um, it's got a lot of too much gearing yet to get us, for us to get exciting. Excited, I should say. They've scrapped their dividends, which makes total sense. There might be a trade in this down the track. We don't think it's yet. Yeah. Uh, for us, it's a hold at best. Um, there are other stocks in the sector that start to look far more, you know, far more attractive. You've got um, CSL is now under 260. Yeah. As that starts to drop, I think that's starting to offer some very, very good value. So why you don't need to be in Helios, in my opinion, right here. Yep. Okay. Um, look look at the chart. That says it all. I know, yeah. but you would have thought that uh, those lockdowns and the amount they could charge the government uh, was extraordinary. That it would have set the business up for years and years to come. But look at the chart of Ansel. It's exactly the same. They had oh, yeah. it so easy and they, they they should have put so much money in the bank and they could have been buying back stock. Yeah. You, know, you think about what the likes of Whitehaven and New Hope have done when they've, a new, you know, they've made so much money from coal, they've bought back stock and their shares have gone up, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Dividend. Yeah. Hey, exactly. Well, they didn't, they, they've just, it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Where's all yeah. that money gone? They just got it wrong. Yeah. That's a real reflection of management, isn't it, when that yes, happens? Yes, has to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael, what do you think of Helios? Um, yeah, look, it is very interesting how it you know, was around. It's actually lower than where it was pre-COVID, the share price. So, yeah, went from $2 to five fifty in that COVID period. And obviously, everyone just thought, well, this, this whole pathology and testing thing will just go on forever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone just extrapolates out and... Uh, um, yeah, it's just gone back to you know, gone back to normal life, and, and they've just squandered that. And now you do your own. Yeah, uh, well, if you, if you with bother, the rat test, 
no need to send it off to a lab, is it? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, just the wrong part of the cycle. I mean, there was a time where they were making money and worth holding the stock, and now it's just deflated back to where it was, well, yeah. even lower than where it was pre-COVID. So, yeah, um, yeah horrendous looking chart. Um, but not only is the demand for their services back to pre-COVID, but the costs are higher. So that's mm. the, you know, that's the issue with them at the moment. You know, they've got a lot of centres, staff. Yeah. Um, so they do say they're, they're going into day hospitals and short stay day hospitals. Fifteen at the moment, four IVF clinics, as a way of saying, hey, we're sort of changing our business model a bit. Yeah, it's. Um, look, I don't want to wait around while they change their business model. I'd rather have my money in. In another stock. So. And if you want to go into hospitals, you can look at somewhere like Ramsey, Ramsey that's, yeah, that's had yeah, yeah. pulled back a long way. I went that's into the true. doctors with my son this week, and I noticed for the first time since I can remember that all the screens were gone. Right. You know, the plastic screens yep. between us and the receptionists. Yeah. So people have really moved on from COVID. Yeah. Time will tell if it's right or yeah. wrong, but you know, it's not good for Helios. Uh, so Ramsey has had a good pullback. Is that a better better option? Um, we own Ramsey, so I hope so. Yeah. Um, we've been on it for too long, so we're yeah. behind mark to market. Um, but it's, it's really exciting to gain some teeth over the last few weeks. I think it's a far better option. Um, I think they've got much more chance of turning themselves around in that area than yeah. Helios has proven to us that it's going to do hospitals right. in day Okay. All right. Uh, so I know from uh, for Helios, our final stock, uh, Amir wants a view, uh, Michael, on Karoon Energy. You've mm. been big on the energy sector. We've talked about yeah. uh, uranium a bit earlier this half hour. What about oil and Karoon in particular? Yeah, so still, look, I'm still bullish on, on oil. And um, look, short term, it might give back a bit. Everyone just seems to be talking about oil at the moment. It's yep. all about oil going up and bond yields going up and inflation going up. So, but you know, when you have a look at the oil price over the past several years, it's really only in the middle of, of the range. We're not talking silly prices of oil. And yep. I don't think it's necessarily going up from 100 to 200, um, but it will stay elevated for a while. I spoke about the supply um, issues with, with oil and that's going to meet increasing demand because you know, growth is quite still holding up pretty well in the US. Growth is is going well here. And China, everyone's beating down on China, but if they're bottoming out and, and set to grow next year, then they're going to have demand for, for energy as well. So I think energy prices will stay elevated. Um, Karun, they're producing in Brazil, so mm -hmm. a bit of a different sort of profile compared to, you know, like a Santos or a, or a Woodside. I mean, we've been trading those stocks. Beach, we've still got got a holding in beach. Um, Karoon, look, I think the chart looks really, really bullish. I was here on the trade on Monday yeah. talking about the, the breakout from a very long-term resistance level. So when that happens from a charting point of view, you end up with a multi-month rally. So you've got a stock that could offer substantial upside from here. So I think Karoon here is a buy. If you're right. If you want to move away from your your big name Woodside, Santos, Beach Are they stocks, um, I, I think they're less less risky um, in some respects. But I just think the tide will just lift them yeah. all up. And um, explain to me, because uh, I was reading about this the other day. Sort of, yes, you've got OPEC cutting supplies, um, but also the strategic reserve in the US is almost at record lows, which is yeah. quite unusual. So the US can't pump more oil into the global market because mm. they're at really low levels. And that's another factor of why the oil price will continue to rise because the US yep. will have to top up at higher prices. Yeah, 100%. And if you look at um, shale gas in the US, which sort of saved their bacon um, sort of in the last 10 or 20 years by being able to become a, an exporter of oil. Right. Um, you know, those reserves, the best of those reserves is, is behind them. So they're already, you know, if you've got this sort of curve, they're already depleting those reserves. And, right. and some analysis I've read suggests it's the same in Saudi Arabia as well. So where they're cutting oil, it's not all just because they're trying to keep the price high. It's because they actually can't produce those, right. those sorts of levels, you know, barrels yeah. per day okay. like they, they used to be able to. Yeah. Sean, I'm old enough to remember Central and Southern Pacific, which were the, remember the shale oil kings? I think it was back in the 80s or 
early 90s and that went through a massive boom and then followed by a bust. <laughs> uh, what do you think of uh, oil price and crude? Similar thoughts? Well, I'm not happy not? with the oil price because I filled up the car this week and it was horrible. Oh, yeah. oh. Uh, yeah. uh, low Australian dollar and higher oil, oh, uh, exactly. oil prices. 40% more than during COVID. I was at a conference in New Zealand last week and they're paying 330 to 350 a litre. Wow. I, thought, I thought we were bad. <laughs> okay, I'll stop complaining. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like the energy space. Okay, right. so whether it be uranium, whether it be coal, whether it be oil and gas, we like it. Right. Um, we're on Woodside in our, our flagship growth portfolio. Um, we like it at this stage of the cycle. It's got a good yield on it. So, you know, I would only trim it if we saw it break out to new highs this year. Right. I think it's a bit tired up here short term. You know, if you look at the chart, you know, it's, we've had three or four days this week when the oil price went up, not last night, and Woodside couldn't go anywhere near its recent right. highs. Um, even after paying the dividend, it wasn't close. Yeah. Whereas interestingly, Karoon Gas has popped out. So I'd say it's a higher, um, or sorry, Karoon Energy, it's a higher beta play. Right. So it's probably going to go up or down more with the oil price. Yep. Um, right here, right now, I'd probably prefer Woodside. A bit more conservative. I hope that's not my, my uh, standing. Uh-huh. But you know, it pays a good dividend. Just pay one of it. Right. So obviously, you've got to wait for the next one. Um, but I like the whole space, and I'd be happy to accumulate into pullbacks. Okay. So a hold on Karoon, but on a pullback. Well, it's a hold right here, right now, yes. yes. But like, right. like the space, big time on the medium term. Right, okay. All right, let's uh, recap the final five stocks. Uh, Paladin, the uranium miner, uh, a buy from Sean, a hold from Michael, likes uranium if it got back to around, uh, oh, I've got 91, 91.92. Um, then he'd be interested in buying Paladin. Uh, Breville, a hold from uh, Sean, a no from Michael. Uh, Chatterhall, a read a no from both. Michael prefers Goodman. Uh, Sean's just sold out of Goodman because uh, it's had a great run um, and prefers some of the storage REITs um, than any of the retail or commercial. Uh, Helios, uh, a hold from Sean um, in that um, health sector space, CSL under $2.60 is probably the most attractive for Sean. Uh, a no on Helios from Michael uh, and Karoon. Uh, a buy from Michael, a buy on uh, a pullback from Sean, uh, but prefers Woodside in the area. Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities, great to see you, mate. Thank, Thank you. you. And uh, Sean Hickman from Money Matters, good to see you, mate. Market uh, matters, but most of it. Market matters, <laughs> not money matters. Market matters. Good to see you. Uh, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to cover here on the call, uh, go to osbiz.co/slash/callpicks and list them for us. Put any comments um, next to the or any specific questions um, next to the stock for us, and we can put that to the expert panel as well and get their view on it. Uh, or tweet us using the at Osbiz TV handle. Stick around. More of Osbiz now. With the pulse. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.